Warning, you are entering an emotional zone and to be read is not responsible for any tear shed and or excessive tissue usage that may occur while listening. Terms and conditions may apply. This is an automated message sponsored by the National Podcast Alliance for Responsible Listening. Warning, you are entering an emotional zone and to be read. Yep. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Sarah Westcott. This is Katie Willie. And this is TV Red. The podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go with them and how much we cried at them. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, you should see Katie's face right now. I she just uh, finished the book and she is like red faced. This and is like going to be the most chaotic clusterfuck episode ever. We I are... have a feeling there's going to be a lot of crying. I wrote down a lot of things and like, I'm going to be reading a few passages. I'm going to cry again. I yeah, guarantee like, you. I, I'm like, I got to, like, there's no, there's no getting around reading some of these passages, like, without reading, like, most no. of them. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah. Um, so this is going to be a tearjerker. Yes. But <laughs> before we talk about that, like, how, how are you otherwise, Katie? I don't know. I just finished the book. <laughs> I'm good, I think. I think I'm in my countdown to vacation. I've traveled twice in the last week for work. The kids' sports are going crazy. Mm. I just... uh, There's a lot going on. Yeah, no, I hear you. How Um, are you? I'm good. I just got back from a mini Mini, vacation. Yeah, Yeah, I went to Florida with my mom, and we visited my grandma. It was just me and my mom that went down, which was nice. It was really, like, peaceful and quiet and nice and... Um, we did a lot of beach bar hopping, nice. so it was, I've never nice. seen my mom, like, drink that much alcohol. Like, we drank every single day, like, which is not my mom, yep. <laughs> whatever. Not to the point of, like, getting wasted Drinking. or anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, like, we, you know, because I had to drive back and forth, but we, we drank every single day, which was great. Um, saw my grandmother, and she's wonderful, and... There was um, a, there was an end mission in going down, wasn't there? There was. We, we, my mom, basically my mom was just trying to gauge whether or not my grandmother needs somebody to move in with her. Um, and at the moment, my grandmother's doing well. She seems fine. She doesn't want anybody living in her house with her, which I totally understand. Yeah, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, it's not, it's not a big house. It's, it's a trailer, basically. So, like, it's, um... It's not like there would be a lot, a lot of, of Florida. Is oh my god, it is. Yes, yeah. absolutely, it is. So, um, it, it's it's fine. But now my parents are kind of in the market for a rental property down there, so they can at least be closer to yeah. her so for when the time means, is. Yeah. Yes, when the time is, and even has to just come. help her out in regular stuff. Exactly. Anyways, yep. yes, because it, my grandmother has like she has a sister down there, and there was ten of them. Your grandma has a sister. My grandmother has a sister okay. down there. Yes. Um, there was 10 of them and now it's just down to my grandmother and her one sister. So, um, it's been rough, a rough, like, couple of months for them. They just recently lost, like, kind of, like, back to back, they lost two sisters at one, like, so it's, it's been difficult. My grandmother's been in and out of the hospital a little bit. So that's why we went down there was just to kind of see where things. Gauge everything out. Yeah, exactly. But we had a blast. That's Uh, good. Yeah. My grandmother is a hardcore Republican though, and that's wasn't fun but <laughs> it never has been <laughs> no, i'm not gonna talk around any of that either no no it's not not, not possible no. so but uh you know my mom my mom being my mom she fought with her constantly yeah. so that was fun was that a cocktail bird right there? <laughs> it kind of looked like one <laughs> um so so that's it for me i think like i 
I don't know. Not what a whole else do we on. normally do with housekeeping stuff? Nothing really. Okay. I mean, we can talk here about how you should follow us on our socials. Why don't there we do we that today? Yeah. So when we're sobbing and sound like yes, like idiots and can't talk because yeah. I just finally finished our ma- the maid episode and I was cracking up because I could not. I talk yet. loved that episode as did Tony. He <laughs> was a huge fan of it. That is something we do. We do mention. Uh, or any fan mail we've gotten. And it's always from Tony. Thank and you, Tony, his subject, for being such an avid listener to us. So his, appreciate it. his subject, as always, it was highly entertaining. And it said, I feel so Kevin McAllister because we forgot him. <laughs> um, and his exaggeration number is 111. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I enjoy the fact that he writes to us after every episode. It's very sweet. I can't wait to hear what he thinks about the fact that I literally was still wiping the tears as I pulled into your driveway after finishing this Yeah, book. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Um, I guess we might as well just jump into it. We're both... We're both drinking our drinks already, so yeah. let's just... Let's just hop into yep, the, uh, the story. Prologue. Nope, the no, prologue. Not the story yet. The prologue. Um, okay, so Katie, we, we read The 100 Years of Lenny and Margot by Marion Cronin. Um, this was published on June 1st, 2021. It is being developed into a movie. So it said that in the back. Yes. In her about the author thing. First yep. of all, she looks like she's freaking 12. I know. 12. Seriously. She's a baby. Seriously. She was I born know. in 1990. I know. Um, but I couldn't find any information well, on the us. internet about the movie. So I don't know if I you did either. Don't, I could not find anything other than okay. the fact that it is, is being adapted. Um, but, and all it said was by a major motion, um, like a theme picture house. company or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't know what a theme um, house is either. And I'm sure you read in the back also that, um, the first character that came to her was Lenny and Lenny was, Lenny kind of spoke to her mm-hmm. in a certain way. Um, and it took her seven years to write this novel, which I thought, was crazy. I didn't, but I is that all in the back because I didn't read all of that. Yes, it's in the like it's in the um in the, all the extra. Yes, uh, there's a. Yeah, so I literally finished the book and got in my car. So yeah. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> well, the, it says right in the acknowledgement acknowledgements. I'll just read this really quickly. It says Lenny came to visit me one night in January 2014. I was surprised. I was supposed to be working on an essay for my master's degree. So like any good student, I immediately abandoned my work and started writing. And for the last seven years, Lenny and Margot's world has been my home. I'm so excited to finally send their story out into the world. So I kind of, I, I loved that. I yep. thought that that was kind of cool because Lenny is a big, is a big personality in this character. Absolutely. In, in, this, in this. One of the two. Oh, I, I love her. Um, so with that being said, those are my quick little fast facts. Why don't you give us the read a rundown? Okay. 17 year old Lenny Peterson lives on the terminal ward at the Glasgow Princess. Is it Glasgow or Glasgow? Glasgow. Okay. <laughs> Princess Royal Hospital. Though she's been told she's dying, Lenny still has plenty of living to do. Joining the hospital's arts and crafts class, she meets the magnificent Margot, an 83 year old purple pajama wearing, fruitcake eating rebel who transforms Lenny life, Lenny's life in ways she never imagined. As their friendship blooms, a world of stories opens up for these unlikely companions who, between them, have been alive for 100 years. Though their days are dwindling, both are determined to live the, leave their mark on the world. With the help of Lenny's doting palliative, I don't know if that's the right way to say that, care nurse and Father Arthur, the hospital's patient chaplain, Lenny and Margot devise a plan to create 100 paintings showcasing the stories of the century they have lived, stories of love and loss, of courage and kindness, of unexpected tenderness and pure joy. Though the end is near, life isn't quite done with these unforgettable women just yet. <laughs> Delightfully funny and bittersweet, heartbreaking yet ultimately uplifting. The 100 years of Lenny and Margot reminds us of the preciousness of life as it is as it considers the legacy we choose to leave, how we influence the lives of others even after we're gone, and the wonder of a friendship that transcends time. 
absolutely beautiful. Like I just, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk briefly. We we don't have a cocktail today. Nope. We kind of like threw this together. We weren't going to get together today, but then other plans fell through. So we did decide to get together. You finished the book within you know moments <laughs> of walking through my door, and we just decided we needed red. We're going to do red wine. <laughs> um, Father Arthur is one of the main characters, and uh, there's a lot of time spent in the hospital chapel, and you know red wine communion style and the, the bottle has moons on it there's an astronomy theme yes. part of it so um i would like to toast to the 100 years of lenny and margo oh i love it i love it mm. okay nothing like red wine i freaking love it yep um okay story let's cut let's go to the story because we're ready to talk about this book yep the story I don't know that I really need to... <laughs> no. I mean, I... love I, this book. I absolutely... I, I love this book as well. I just want to briefly point out that the cover is gorgeous. It, it is. I love the paper. I yes. love the jagged edges of books. Yes. Me too. Me too. It makes it look... Seem older than it is. Um, the cover has, like, this kind of shimmer to it that just makes you think of, like... I don't know. It kind of makes you think of like happiness and light and and love. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So I, I I just love that. Um, I have to say that when I picked up the book, so I started reading this on, I want to say Monday night. Um, I was in I was in mm-hmm. Florida. I had to finish a book first. I kept fucking falling asleep trying to finish this book because I was so zonked out from like everything that day we drinking. were doing, day, day drinking, <laughs> that I was like, okay, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was asleep by like nine thirty every single night except like the last two nights. But um, I picked up the book and I was like, oh no, I'm worried that this isn't going to ca- ca- catch my interest and. And I think it was because the the stories in the beginning, they were a little too short and, like, clipped and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, there doesn't seem to be, like, a narrative, Enough. like, overall. What is the point of the book exactly. other than just telling us these little, small little stories? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But by Tuesday, when we were traveling back home, I literally, I can't remember what page I was on when I started this book, Coming Back Home. Uh, I had 20 pages left to go yesterday when I, when I picked it up afterwards. Um, I, I read, you know, almost this entire book on the plane. Couldn't stop reading it, you know, like, um, so I, you know that I absolutely hate to cry when reading a book. Yes, I do. Um, I, within the first, obviously with the narrative and with also, you know, the start of the book, you know that they're both dying. Mm -hmm. They're in the hospital to die, essentially. I mean, Um, literally the first page, Lenny tells us she's a terminal. She's terminal. She's terminal. And not like an airport, which you were in an airport. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I I did think about making a Bloody Mary, but that was, you know, (laughs) a thought. And that's as far as it went. Yeah. Um, I I knew I was going to cry. I think that I started it on Sunday. I texted you. I said, I really adore this book. I think I'm going to fly through it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I said that, but I, fe- I was really enjoying uh, Lenny as a character mm-hmm. and her sharp tongue and the stories. Yes, yes they were short, but I liked the, the overall concept of it. And then I was like loath to pick it up because I knew the tears were going to start you know flowing. What's coming. Yeah, throw in my period and oh shit, yeah. This has been just nonstop crying since yeah. about the middle of the book. And well, I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to be crying. I know, on I, know. Podcast. I know, I like, know. I have just... full expectations of that, but I, I've realized on my way over here, I don't 
hate the crying aspect of the book. I hate that I don't have control over my emotions to be able to not cry over a book. And then I hate this, the the after effects oh, yeah. of crying, the puffy yeah. eyes, the red nose. And you're going to be like, feeling it tomorrow too. Yes. Like you wake up feeling and like, like my that. It's dry yes. and just, yeah. I have to tell you that um, I didn't, as you know, when we do Goodreads for these, when I hit finished, I finished reading this book, I won't rate them until after we've talked. Um, and this is a five for me. Yes. This is without 100%. question a five for me. 100%. This has like, I probably am going to reread it soon because I don't think I gave the beginning of it enough of my Attention. time and focus. Yep. And um, it kind of pissed me off a little bit after reading like, you know, clearly, clearly when I was flying home on Tuesday, I had literally nothing else to do. I had all of my attention focused yes. on it. But like for the first, I don't know, 70 or so pages, I other things were going on. And you, know? you, were, you had distractions. Yes, exactly. So I'm I'm almost positive I'm, I'm going to end up rereading this book fairly soon. It was a really fast read, too. It was. It was. And because all of the When all you of had the to not so... stop putting down the book to get tissues. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I will tell you that um, there was one point on, on when I was on the plane that I was like, we were, thank God, we were about to like be, be coming in because we were hitting the point where like things started really ramping up, like, you know, um, emotionally wise. And I was like, I cannot. I can't Not do this on the plane. I can't, can't do it on the plane. On the plane like this, I got a, a stranger next yeah. to me and my mom on the other side. And I'm like, I know my mom would understand. My mom has certainly been in this position yeah. before. But like the stranger next to me was like a little child. And I was just like, <laughs> like I don't want to traumatize this gonna, kid yeah, exactly. on a plane. So thankfully, um, and and that I stopped doing that. And then... Um, Hey, hippie. Get out of here was a hippie. Yeah. And he's totally going to come in and start meowing. And it's going to piss me off. Um. But, uh, so yesterday I finished it just literally after work. I sat on my couch. I was like, I got it. I'm going to finish these last 20 pages. And John was still in his office and uh, like the waterworks started and they didn't stop. Like Mm -hmm. it was one of those ones where I didn't like outright sob, but my eyes filled up with tears and and it just kept coming and coming. Yes. Um, it's just an emotional fucking gut punch of a book, but also so beautiful Such and wonderful an amazing story yes it, it really is it really is i love the fact that this woman could take and obviously i mean it took her seven years and i think she put seven years of love and, and perfection into Absolutely. it um it's all like i said with the sharp tongue like some of the con- some of the conversations between lenny and and the father in the chapel yes. and you're just like yes. how do you even think about this and and come up with this and I will say for part of the beginning, and I can't put a page number on it or anything, um, I felt like Lenny was younger than her 17 years. Mm-hmm. She did kind of seem that way. Like almost like 13, 12-ish mm-hmm. until you get to the point in time where she's like, oh, I'm 17, you're 83, we have 100 years. And it it struck me struck me as how naive she was in the world. Yes. And I felt like... I felt like she had been sicker for longer than it turned out that she really had been because yeah. I think she'd only been there for a year. About that, I think. I think because I think sixteen is sixteen when she, is was, when going, she was diagnosed yeah, um, with something. Okay, so let's talk about that briefly. Um, in the beginning, I was actually very pissed off 
that, like, we don't know what she had. It sounds to me, the way that they were discussing it to- more towards the end, it sounds like bone cancer. Like, it yes. sounds like she has bone cancer. Cancer of some but variety, it's never, for sure. it's never mentioned. It's never said. And I'm not going to lie to you. After finishing the book, I'm really glad. doesn't matter. I'm really glad that they didn't because the yep. book is not about their death. Nope. The book is about their life and the legacy and that they left. And their relationships. And their relationships. And everything that yes. they did in their lives. Yes. It wasn't about their deaths at all. And I loved that. It was about how they lived and how they loved each other and the people around them and the relationships they had with the people around them. So I, I actually grew to actually really love that we did not know no. an actual diagnosis of her. Um, we do kind of find out, I think Margot just has heart issues and yeah. she's going to get, she's um, going to have a massive surgery. She's going to have a massive surgery that they're not certain she's going to live through. So right. And if she lives, she's going to go see the love of her life. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Tell me I'm go. I'm probably going to read that entire <laughs> section just so you know, okay. but like there's so much that I wrote down that I'm like, I'm probably going to end up reading an entire section. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So listeners, or listener. I don't know. I hope you're ready to hear these things because um, they were the parts that really, like, touched me in a certain way. Um, and I don't know if you had, you know, oh, yeah. if you also had yeah. things. Um, but that's there's the- a reason I came over and I wanted a hug from you as soon yes. as I got here because yeah. I love you so much. And Aww. I just love that we do this I know. and that we can share all of this. Yes, I, I love it, too. I love it, too. And again... I, like, really quickly want to thank the person who sent this to you. I don't even know. I don't even remember who it was. I know. I, w- I wish we knew. I mean, it's technically an anonymous thing. Yeah. But um, I I just, like, I never would have known about this book no. otherwise. Nope. Ever would. Never, ever, ever. Nope. So, like, I'm really happy that this one came into our lives. And it's that is the same with, like, one of my other favorite books, the Evelyn Hugo book. Like, yep. that's. I never would have read that never would have picked it up and now you have a whole author that is absolutely amazing that i every time a book comes out i'm like need to put that on my list immediately i will be reading that soon um we never talked about books did you finish carrie soto i did finish carrie soto i think i knew that we did talk about that if i hadn't finished it by the last episode i was right about to finish it okay um anyway we don't have to talk about that now but no Mm. sorry i just had to take a gigantic (laughs) of my wine um i really didn't I think the first thing that I flagged wasn't until like page 217. I think because I, I was just so engaged in their stories otherwise that it wasn't, and there weren't like little things. Typically, you know, you come across like a, like a quote or something that you'll be like, oh, I I really like that quote. It wasn't really that kind of book to me. Right. I have a few at the beginning just because I was actively trying to make sure I (laughs) flagged things. I haven't been kind of slacking on the last couple of them. Um, But then I, the vast majority of the middle of it, I think I only folded down the pages where I cried, which you would think that the whole book would be folded down at this point. But it like... A lot of it was the the full picture story of the relationships yeah. between these people and the way it made us feel and the way it made me feel. At least that's what I would prefer to talk about. But I do want to start with the meet cute of Lenny and Margot yeah. meeting in this hospital where Lenny realizes that there's a, a woman uh, like leaning over a garbage bag like this little lady is digging in this garbage bin and she's trying to get in there and then i don't even remember what lenny was doing but it's like she knew that she couldn't 
acknowledge the woman and she was she needed to be like her alibi to yes. get it so that people wouldn't the nurse in the she porter to wouldn't look at it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it was just adorable. And then she decides that she wants to go um to the art room. The whole story with the art room and the rose room. I loved that. I hated it at the beginning, but I loved the way it came back it comes at the into end. It, yes. Because um, it brings them together. But Lenny basically decides that she's going to start going to the octogenarian art class because she figures she goes she's to the teenage one and she's an she's, outcast. She, like, yeah. these she's kids there, are not they're not terminal. Like her. They're not terminal. They are there for a broken leg and something else, and then they are annoying to her. Yes. And then they well, find she that has they have mutual. In with yeah. them, and then they know? they bond more over something that she tried to get a yes. comment going. Yeah. So she goes to this classroom, and I turned to find somewhere to sit, and there she was, sitting all alone at the table in the back, her hair catching the sunlight and shining like a 10-pound piece, her cardigan a deep shade of purple, and her eyes set on the paper in front of her, on which she was sketching with a new bin of charcoal, charcoal, the mauve miscreant, the periwinkle perpetrator, the old lady who stole something from the bin. It's you, I said. <laughs> she looked up from her drawing and stared at me for the briefest of moments, letting me come into focus. Then, with recognition and delight, she said, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very cute, like, me cute. It really it. is. <laughs> um, and then, before we get too far into, like, a lot of feelings, I do want to take this moment and read um, on page 50. Let me... Oh, so this is where she is arguing with her, with the um, art teacher about wanting to go and be in this class with the octogenarians yes. and the art teacher's like, you can't. And she goes, but Lenny, this is the weekly class for people in their 80s and over, Peppa said. Yes, I understand that. So it wouldn't really make sense to put you in that group. Why? Because you're not 80. But apart from that... That's just the way we've decided to do it. The classes classes are once a week and grouped by ages so that they can be suited to people's interests and abilities. Well, I think that's ageist. I waited. <laughs> she was wavering. I could tell. I promise I'll be good. Pippa smiled. I'll see what I can do. And I have to just take a quick sidebar and go over the fact that as soon as I read that, I took a screenshot of it yes. and sent it to uh, you and Jess and Chrissy. Yeah. And wanted to just take a moment and acknowledge the fact that we had stayed in a hotel room and <laughs> it was for i believe jess's bachelorette party yes. and we came downstairs and we checked out and then they came down and told us that we had smoked in the room and that we were being charged the smoker's fee so they actually no, they told us yes. they actually told us that they had been told that we smoked in the room and we said, what are you talking about? We have smokers here. And they went And outside. I went downstairs every yes, single fucking every time. Every single time. And um, then we said, we're going, send somebody up to the room to check the room. Blah, blah, blah. We did not smoke in we that room. We did not room smoke in that room. Because they were charging, trying to charge us like a $200, $200 smoking fee. Or something. fee. So they go upstairs and somebody comes back down and they're like, the room is spotless. There's no smoke in the room or yeah. whatever. But Chrissy had said, you know. To the desk. This is ageism. Yes. Or the, you're an ageist. Yes. I don't remember yes. which specific one, but it was, I saw, got to that page and I just fucking died. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny too. I thought it was funny too. And obviously when I read it myself, I was like, ha ha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the page Katie sent me. Yep. Um, yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, I just kind of want to talk about there. I'm going to talk obviously more about Father Arthur, but um, they first meet when Lenny goes down to 
the chapel. Um, and there's this is really cute, adorable, like back and forth about how nobody goes to the chapel. Yeah. And you're like, you're thinking in the back of your mind, well, of course, people go to the chapel. Of course, you know, she's just being there at a certain time when it's not there. But then you find out later on that really nobody, nobody ever goes to the, the chapel. chapel and you feel kind of bad for him. Yep. But like, I really loved her. Um, like questioning him about certain things. And like, she, she always questioned, you know, like, um, like his belief basically. Yes. She wanted, she wanted basically for him to tell her why she's dying. True things. Why she, why, like, I think the first time they meet, she asks, why am I dying? Mm -hmm. And he's got no answer for her other than, nor should he. You are. That's it. You just are. Yes. And I think that's my, one of my biggest issues with, you know, with, God in general, like this is one of one of the things that I struggle with understanding how people can believe it's, you know, they talk so much about, you know, um, an all knowing, all compassionate, whatever. How do you allow children, a 17 year old kid to die? Like what? What's the reason behind that? I don't get it. I don't understand it. So that they can have this display of artwork of 100 paintings and stories. of Yeah, but that's not like. We won't go into. I know there's answers, yeah, Mm -hmm. contradictions, Mm -hmm. responses. I don't know, but off the top of my head, I did kind of love that it was more like a, like even you could even tell that Father Arthur sometimes questions certain things. Yeah, and I want to go back to that a little bit. Um, I'm going to skip around a little bit. But Margot, we find out towards the end of the book that Margot had actually met Father Arthur previously. Before um, she met Lenny. Yes, yes, because she ends up at this place where her son her son has been buried and she finds this Vicar. Vicar, is that Vicar. his Vicar? Vicar? See, I don't know any of the frame religious, whatever. We had Vicars at my church. Got you. He's two of my favorite people that have ever been like okay. in charge of the church were Vicars. Anyways. So he is just kind of sitting there eating his lunch. And the second she talks about a, this guy eating a sandwich, I'm like, this is Father Arthur. Yeah. Like, and, and then at the yep. end, she says it was egg and cress. And yeah. I was like, okay, that was definitely well, Do you him. know what cress is? I think, isn't cress like... Um, Those stringy things? I feel like, yeah, it's always in like... Um, like Chinese food, like they have like watercress or whatever the hell they're called. I it's like a, water chestnuts. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I think it's cress. Time for Chris Dingin. <laughs> I think it's cress. I don't remember what it is, but I feel like it's a vegetable of some sort. Maybe it's okay. a fruit. I don't know. It's gross, though, is all I know. I was thinking like those stringy, like seed cod. I really Never don't mind. know. I, I really don't know. <laughs> Ding. Producer Chris here. So both Katie and Sarah are kind of right. There is a thing called a water chestnut, which kind of looks like a scallop or like a white pog uh, that's often found in Chinese food dishes like stir fry. And Sarah's correct. There's also a thing called water cress, which is like a salad. It's a leaf based. So, yeah, partial credit for all. Okay, back to the show. I I did. I in that that way, you could kind of tell that like, um, he may have have struggled has struggled with his belief in some things, and actually, there was a question about him in the back with the, in the author's um, interview. There was a question about him in the back, you know, about Father Arthur and his beliefs and everything. And she said she actually had toyed with an idea of a book about Father Arthur coming to terms with his his feelings on religion and everything. And I was like, I feel like I would actually read that because yes. I, I want her to write another book. Yes. Oh, I hope she does. With some of these this characters. Is, I know. Oh. I know. And this is honest. This is her deb- debut novel, which is like insane to me. Like how you can be that good 
at something like this. And it like, took her seven years. I know, but still, like to like touch on every single guy. Can you imagine if it takes us seven years to be famous podcasters? It is probably going to take us more than that. Yeah. I don't think it's never coming. <laughs> Here's hoping, yeah. but yeah, I, God, we've been doing this for over a year at this point. So. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you have other things marked in the beginning? Um, the next one I have is on page 108, and okay. it's essentially Margot is telling Lenny the story of her and Johnny on the beach. Mm-hmm. And Margot um, was married to Johnny. That was her first husband. You know, she's she's 80-something, and she's got she was old fashioned and she got kind of, I don't, not pressured into marrying him, but it just was like a, this is what you're expected to do. And she got married and then she had a baby and they're, they're talking about this. And and this is right at the point in time where Johnny is um, essentially going to leave her. And he said, I just can't mar you. He stopped himself. I can't stay here. He wiped tears from his face and my fingers flexed out of instinct to reach for him. Why not? I shouted over the waves and he stopped still and all the wind of the world seemed to swirl around us. He had your eyes, Johnny said quietly. And you had known that she was pregnant. You did not know that he was dead. You hadn't really... I, I think we had met him, the baby, and then that dropped. And I was... I That was my first yeah. full-on waterworks. Yeah. And just the way that that was just kind of dropped in there of had your eyes. Yes. He didn't go blind. He didn't lose his eyes because right. he died. Yeah. And lost that. And we, again, that was like, that was the first we heard of that. We didn't know. We didn't even know how he had died until. We didn't even way know later. he had died or how he had died yes. or yeah. the fact that the fact that that section of the book started knowing that Johnny was pretty much going to leave her. And you're kind of like, what are you, some piece of shit? Right, and then exactly. it's, I, it's, it, it, there's other emotional... And this is, like, one of, the, like, a huge reason why people get divorced in the first place. Whenever you, like, if you lose a kid... Or trauma with a kid. Or tra- yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's really hard to stay together after that. Right. Um, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. And I, I assume, you know, there were probably things where she, she blamed herself, you know, because mm-hmm. she should have been able to take care of him. But he had, we find out that defect. he had a heart defect. Nobody could have done anything about that. Yep. Um, so my first, I, my first thing was on page 217. And it's basically, it, it's just about Lenny and her father. And there was not a lot of her parents in the book. And I found myself very pissed off. Like, how is this teenager in the hospital dying in the hospital and, and there's no parents characters. there's no parents but she has a conversation her mother left her mother her, left them her, she was yep. very mentally ill i felt like she had a drug problem i think because she was mentally ill okay. like that's why i think that was largely hinted at and i can't remember where i i wish i had folded that down but um so at this point this Lenny is 16 years old. This is when she, like, you know, I don't know how long she's been in the hospital at this point, but um, her father was still coming and she could see, like, the light in his eyes kind of dying. He had a girlfriend who went back to, like, Poland and, um, you know, he hadn't been seeing her or whatever. And um, <clears throat> Lenny says at one point, um, I knew it was time. Papa, I said, I hadn't called him that in years, but I was pulling out all the stops. I want you to do something for me. He looked at me. I want you to promise me you won't come back. 
There was a really long pause. I can't do that, Lenny, he said. I can't leave you here on your own. I'm not alone. I have all these nice nurses and doctors and all these tubes. Look at them all. I'm out of my mind with all the tubes. I pointed to the tubes burrowing into me across the bed attached to various machines. Lenny, he said softly, and then I couldn't be soft anymore. I don't want you here. He didn't speak. I want you to go to Poland, take a holiday, and see um, whatever his girlfriend's, girlfriend's name, name. is. <laughs> Agnieszka, Agnieszka, meet her family. Cousins. Then come back and start your life together and let her make you laugh. No, Lenny, you can't say no to a dying child. You're not supposed to make jokes about this, he said, but he smiled a little. A little. I want you gone. A few tears fell from his eyes, and he had to take off his glasses to wipe them away. It will be... A promise. Promise that you'll go away and you won't come back. But I, and if I get to the end, the nurses will tell you. They will call, they will call you and they will tell you to come. And then you can come and say goodbye. But that won't be our real goodbye. This will, while I'm still Lenny. When I'm flush for, when I'm flush for tubes and looking forward to when they bring dinner because I like the strawberry yogurts they have here. He shook his head and more tears fell. So he just took off his glasses and rested them in his lap. Then he took my tube hand in his wet one. Fuck. (laughs) If. And she says, if I change my mind, I will get them to call you and you will come. I said, I know, but you have to promise me. Why, he asked, because I'm setting you free. Um, That theme was reiterated multiple times with a lot of the relationships, the being set free and people sacrificing their own emotional lists. Yes. So that I could just take it all in and we did not get any kind of tissues or (laughs) We're back. And we're back. Okay. And we have things to mop our faces. So there was that. We we don't get to Margot's goodbye with her person until a little bit later in the book. But it's very much the same. Humphrey, her husband, asks her, once I get to the point where I cannot remember you or I am not remembering you, please leave and don't come back. I do not want you yep. to feel that so way. And Humphrey is her second husband. Um, who is the astronomy person, mm-hmm. very into the stars. I'm just going to leave that open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is diagnosed with Alzheimer's and he makes her promise that he's going to, she's going to say goodbye when he doesn't recognize her. Yes. And, and leave. I feel and like there was at least a third time and it, it has to be something with Mina where Margot the the being set free was was mentioned because I, I i know it was at least three that they were set free from the binds that, that they one. felt yeah. I, I i didn't mark that one down i didn't mark it because i was you know sopping my face yeah um i mean there was a lot of stuff with mina and um you know mina kind of they were clearly in love and mina kind of pushed her away because a, it's, you know, a pretty taboo thing for two women to be in love at that time or whatever. I guess it was the 60s, so it's not totally terribly taboo, but, um, yeah. Did you find it? No, I mean, so when she, the day that she's getting married to Humphrey. Yes. She had invited Mina to the wedding. And, and she then, comes. And Mina shows up. Um, and so they're, she's talking to her and realizes that she's pregnant um uh, uh, (laughs) time with mina always passed faster than it should have and it was always more fleeting as her eyes caught she pulled herself up resting her hand on the back of her chair you could stay i said knowing that she wouldn't she kissed me on the cheek and then she was gone 
Um, and then a few weeks later, an envelope addressed to Mrs. James settled on the doormat, and in that envelope was a photograph of a baby. On the back of the picture, a familiar looping handwriting told me that the baby was Jeremy Davy Star. <laughs> and I lost it again. Yeah, yeah, because A, Jeremy was their chicken their that chicken. they shared. <laughs> I was like, she named him out of the chicken. And Davy is the second is the second name. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, Davy was the baby. Um since we're talking about Humphrey, I kinda I do wanna I do wanna jump back to 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 um that really quickly so i'm going to skip a couple of other things that i had done just to go to this but on page 292 um i guess it's really 291 and 292 Margot is remembering um humphrey this is after he passed away actually and you know she's remembering certain things about him and she's remembering the day that she finally did have to say goodbye because he forgot he had forgotten her favorite and um she said, okay, I'm, so I'm going to read this really quickly. Um, I'd kissed him, and then he'd said, a plate I just balanced on top of a saucepan on the drying rack slipped out of its spot and shattered on the floor, and I found myself on the floor beside the plate because I knew then, then in my bones that the last time I saw Humphrey James, he hadn't forgotten me. He'd been pretending. Fuck. <laughs> he'd kissed me back. He'd smiled. It's a once-in-a-lifetime astral event, he'd said. A once-in-a-lifetime astral event. And more than that, when he told me to find my love, he told me to find him or her. When just the day before, he'd asked me about Mina, though we hadn't spoken of her in years. That terrible, wonderful man had pretended not to know me so that he could say goodbye while he still knew who I was. He'd saved me from those visits, and in those, in his own way, he, was, he had set me free. And no doubt, he was able to check if I really would keep my promise. <laughs> I laughed for about 20 minutes because the idea of Humphrey pretending not to know me was so infuriating and silly and so very him. And then I cried. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was like I lost it uh-huh. when he made her promise that she was gonna leave. Yeah. And then I lost it when he didn't know who she was. Yeah. And then I lost it even more when <laughs> he really didn't know who she was at that time and she realized that he was oh, I'm I'm curious how you felt about that because like in it like what if he had never forgotten her? And what if he just robbed her of the last months? Because he only died a few months it later. Was a few months, like eight months or something like that. So, like, what if he just robbed her of the last couple of months that he could have spent with her? I think that Alzheimer's is one of those diseases where there's no real escape from it. And it's not like... It is a quick slope. Like, that's what yes. uh, Dave's mom died from. And it's a quick slope. You start noticing these little things, and then all of a sudden, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that there's a way to know if it's going to be a three-month slope or an eight-month slope. And right. I think that taking control of it in your own way and ending the relationships as they stand where people remember who people are <laughs> this is a stupid episode <laughs> yeah. is a good way and the only way that you can control anything to do with I, that disease i totally agree with you i think it was just one of i think it was just looking at it from the person on the opposite side who has to literally remember everything and says goodbye right. to the person that they loved. Right. And um knowing 
like, this is going to sound awful, knowing that, like, Alzheimer's runs in John's family, it just kind of struck me a little bit. I'm just like, oh! It runs in Luke's family. Yeah. And all I kept thinking is, am I going to be this person doing this and saying goodbye like this? Yeah, it's it's sucks. But can I just tell you really quickly that John told me yesterday, actually, that Eli Lilly, which is a pharmaceutical company, has really made strides with an Alzheimer's drug that um that can that supposedly is starting to like actually work and be treatable. So um I, I don't know how true that is and how far along that is, but I mean from where where it's it was been yeah. to now, that's pretty fucking incredible, you know? Um so maybe we'll never have to worry about maybe. it. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, just, Maybe I, already worry about I just it. want to make, like, just just to lighten mood just one second. There was another Henry quote that, uh, Humphrey quote, I'm sorry, that I that I cracked up at. And I think this is. Is it about the chickens when they're at their honeymoon? They're, no, this is I was fucking dying. This is different. This is actually the day she was talking about. This is the day before Humphrey forgot about, forgot her. Quote, unquote, so, quote unquote, forgot about forgot her. her. So she goes, um, he was looking out of the window, his leg, as promised, elevated on three cushions. He had hurt himself. He had fallen yeah. and his shin bandaged up. I sat beside him. Darling, how old are you? How, how are you? They told me about the fall. I said, he turned to me. Everyone saw my penis. <laughs> <laughs> and then he burst out laughing and I laughed too. <laughs> Just picturing an older dude saying that, I couldn't, I like cracked yep. up. I'm like, I, yeah. and he was one of those, like, he's a very, just interesting guy. He's one of those, I can't think of the word that I want to use right now, but just like completely disorderly, mm-hmm. really focused. The way they met is he was standing in the road looking at the stars and she almost plowed him almost over with a car. Because he wasn't wearing anything reflective. He no, was, he was like just looking clothes. at the stars because that's where he was. Because it was a once in a life He was like absent-minded, absent-minded professor, yes. one might say. But, that's, but not the professor. Right. But that's what I loved about it too is, you know, he... he that was that was the first thing he basically said to her was it it's was a, a once, once in a, a lifetime, lifetime astral event. event. Yeah, and so that's the last thing. That's what he remembered. Yeah. What makes her realize? realize. Yep. Um. So I I loved that. Um. Uh. I want to go to two forty seven. Unless you have something. So right. I have one more lighthearted thing that I want to say way before we get to the point in time where I'm literally sobbing in your closet. And we just can't stop. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that. I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and go to that real quick. So um, th- it is at the end. Um, it's page 317. And Margot is in uh, the hospital. And this is really... The the story before she meets Lenny. Before she meets Lenny, yes. And she, she said, I was out of the bed like a flash. I pulled the suitcase from under my bed. I rifled through the pajamas and cardigans all the while knowing it wasn't in there. So she had been given a letter and she had fallen asleep and then the letter wasn't there. It, this is a letter from Mina. So I wandered out of elderly care toward maternity, but they had a video link at the door, so I turned back. Then I made my way down a long corridor that sloped just slightly, but in such a way that I felt like Alice in Wonderland shrinking down to fit through the keyhole. I tried to picture the envelope, the writing in black, several ink stamps from customs and airmail, the stamp itself with a man in the green background. Eventually, she finds that the letter is in the recycling bin, and that is when she meets Lenny. And I, for some Unknown reason, probably because I want it to happen with all books. At the beginning of this, I was like, 
is this one going to have one? I don't think this one's going to have one. And then at some point in the middle of reading, I had flipped to the back and looked at the author's photo and I was like, she could have one in here. And then it was literally, I was standing in my kitchen finishing this book while making mac and cheese for my kids so I, for dinner so I could come here. Yeah. That I got to that. And I almost like jumped for joy that there was an Alice in Wonderland reference. <laughs> And it made me really you know, happy. There had to be one. There had to be one. Um, okay, so I'm gonna quickly go back a little ways um, to uh, a chapter called Lenny and the First Goodbye. She finds out early on that um, that Father Arthur is retiring, and they're gonna bring in another um, father. Father. I don't. I feel like Priest. he wasn't called Father. No, the, he was, this he, he was called. called Derek. <laughs> Yeah, he was a dick. I don't like him. Um, anyway, so... I have a whole story about his hairy belly sticking out that I need to tell you, but not on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yep. I'll wait for that. Um, so, Lenny and the First Goodbye. Um, I met a priest a little while ago, an old man with an empty chapel. I shook his hand and we became friends by accident. I learned nothing about Jesus from him. If anything, <laughs> I think I've made him more confused yeah. about God, but that's not really important. Um, I I just loved that quote yep. because I'm just like, yeah, she probably no, she did, did make him a little she confused, and... more doubt than he had before. But that, but that's the that's the point, really. It's you know, you should. The fact is, like, the world isn't dealt in absolutes. We've had this discussion several yep. times. The it's world not is it's not white. black and white. Um, there you're always gonna question something. And Father Arthur meeting a young girl who makes who is dying but is so full of life anyway and asking him these questions and making him question things i think is the point of life honestly i really do Mm -hmm. i don't think i think if you if you suddenly become a person who thinks you know everything and have the answers to everything then your life is basically over like what's the point and then you're an asshole too yes exactly but what's what's the point of going on you know everything so what more could you possibly learn you know what i mean um, God, I know so many people like that. Um, and then in the same chapter, is it the same chapter? Yes. I want to... Um, Make me cry again. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, okay. This is basically at the end when they're leaving, when she's leaving the chapel. Um, she has set up this entire thing and had, like, all of her friends, everybody in the chapel for his last sermon. Um, and he goes... Let me see. I promise I will visit, he said, and then he stopped. You asked me, Lenny, to tell you something true when we'd only just met. Do you remember? I do. Well, this is my final truth. If I had a granddaughter, I would want her to be exactly like you. And because he was about to cry, I held out my right hand. He looked confused. It started with a handshake, I smiled. Understanding he's put it, he put his hand in mine. Until the next time, Lenny, he said, shaking me by the hand. And when I had taken back my hand from his, he said, take care, with such force that it was as though he thought the more emphatically he said it, the more likely it was to happen. That if only I could just bloody take care of myself, I might not die. I was putting a lot of work into not crying, so I left... So am I. (laughs) So I left him standing in the chapel and managed to make it to the wheelchair without stumbling, taking care, as he hoped I would. And then it it was over. Pippa very kindly wheeled my chair for me, and we we, occupants of the Rose Room made our way back to our art supplies. Thank you, I said to them. And when they told me it had been no trouble, I had to stare up at the bright lights on the ceiling of the corridor to keep from crying. Those ones up there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I just... I think it's lovely that she, as a 17-year-old, like, knew what would make this man feel better. And 
then they're also making her feel better about something. God damn it. Why do we do this to ourselves? Holy fucking shit. Um, so I really, I just really, really, really loved that, um, that whole section of the book. I mean, I think as much as I, I, of course I love the Margot and Lenny stuff, but some of my favorite stuff was definitely Margot or Lenny and, um, Father Arthur, just because I thought a lot of it was very funny and lighthearted. It was, it was, there was, and and I don't, I'm I'm not going to come up with the right word, but there was a whole portion of the book i think that lenny was i don't think it was the Derek part i think it was maybe the beginning of father arthur where it was the the fear i'm trying to think i want the last i'm trying to think like oh man okay i already said that so i don't need to worry about that um (laughs) i'm gonna read a little bit of a chapter i think is that all right yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. They're short. They're short. So that's something. So on page 301. Yeah. Okay. On page 301, um, it's titled birthday. Um, I thought it was, this is Margo. I thought it was my birthday. No, I'm sorry, nope, Lenny. Lenny. I, uh-oh, I'm sorry, Katie. Nope. Um, I thought it was my birthday when I saw the candle. I had to sit up before I could work out which was the right way to around to look at things. I must have been sleeping because I didn't remember anyone turning off the lights. They were creeping, creeping with a candle. Margot, Pippo, Walter, and Else, hand in hand. I said, Elsie, Else, whatever, Elsie. Father Arthur, new nurse, Paul, Paul the Porter. They were all smiling, and for a moment I wondered whether I was dead. The candle flickered and lit up their faces, and it was resting on top of the cake that Margot was carrying very slowly and carefully to my bed. She gingerly placed it on my table and pulled it closer so I could see. In swirling black sugar icing, it said, Happy 100th birthday, Lenny and Margot. We're a hundred, I asked. We did it. Did we even discuss that the whole like they the, the decided whole point of the book? <laughs> the whole point of the book is them I think like so. writing their stories out and and painting and, them like for each year of their life. Like some one thing for e- each year of their life. So Lenny does seventeen and Margot has to do eighty three, which doesn't seem fair. But anyway. I feel like we did, but yeah, who it's, knows? It, it's it all a blur. can't hurt to throw that back in again. It's all a blur. Um, we're 100, I asked. We did it. Pippa held up a painting. It was the best I'd ever seen. It was of Margo and me side by side in our pajamas, and I was laughing. The sky above us filled with stars. In the bottom corner, it said, Glasgow Princess Royal Hospital. Margo McRae is 83 years old. We're your last year, I asked, not believing Margo had actually captured me in paint. I looked so real. Margo smiled and patted my hand. Of course, she said. New nurse scraped up chairs for everyone, and they sat around me like pilgrims. The glowing thing on the cake wasn't actually a candle. It was a plastic Christmas candle with fake wax dribbling down its side and a bright LED bulb that was flickering. It was doing a good job of looking like a candle. No open flames, new nurse said by way of explanation. (laughs) Then she lifted the cake and held it in front of us. Make a wish, new nurse said. Margo and I blew over the cake and by witchcraft or magic, the plastic LED candle went out. Pippa handed around paper plates and cut thick slices of cake. I couldn't remember the last time I'd had cake. It was delicious, a perfect choice, and now I could honestly say I'd tasted my 100th birthday cake. I never thought I'd see my 100th birthday, I said. Many happy returns, Elsie said with a soft smile. Very well deserved, Father Arthur added. It's quite an achievement, Pippa said, and now seems like a good time to tell you that I've been talking to a gallery owner in the city, and she wants to display your paintings as an exhibition. That is, if you'd be interested. What do you think, Margot asked, looking at me. I nodded. 100 years old. How does it feel, Father Arthur asked. <laughs> Weird, I said. It feels like just yesterday I was 17. <laughs> I'm told I don't look a day over 83, Margo winked at me. <laughs> so we ate cake and talked and laughed, and together Margo and I celebrated our 100 years on the earth. It's been a long life, and it's been a short life. The light they brought with them. 
stayed long after they'd gone. <laughs> I loved that chapter. Yeah. Loved it. Me too. Um, there's a lot of mention of light yep. um, in this book. And that's one of the things I kept, like, finding or whatever. Oh, listeners, if you haven't, like, killed yourself yet, <laughs> really hope you read this book. Um, Although I don't think you need to at this point. <laughs> no, really. And, like, I'm... I one of the things that I did want to mention at some point is that I love the fact that all of these characters are are very well explained. Mm-hmm. We we I can picture Father Arthur, I can mm-hmm. picture Margot, I can picture Lenny, I can picture Paul the Porter, and I would have loved for him to kiss Lenny. I don't know why. I don't know <laughs> how inappropriate that would have been. Well, I think he was in his twenties, but he did he, have a daughter. She did say that if it if she lived ten years, yes, they could have, they been, could together. have been together. Yeah. And I just just not even like a real kiss, but just like a kiss on the cheek, like just some affection, yeah. like a yeah. wink and a nod kind of thing. I pictured him as some, somebody you and I would have been really attracted to because of. His I don't know why you would say that. <laughs> Sure the fuck would. Anyways, I adored the fact that New Nurse didn't have a name the whole fucking book and she was still called New Nurse. I know. I I love that too. Even though she was like her favorite nurse. She took her everywhere. Jackie was a cunt. Yes. There was another nurse that was mentioned by name, but New Nurse was just New Nurse. And she was the one that would just kind of come and chill and hang out on her bed with her and take her shoes off and just prop herself up on a pillow. I loved that. Um... So there's one thing I want to read. So there's one last thing I want to read. You're not reading Lenny's last page, are you? No, I'm not reading Lenny's last page. There's actually two things I want to read, um, but I want to end on the on the one other thing. It's a little. It comes a little bit uh, earlier in the book, but I am going to read before you. Are you on your last two? I'm on my last two. Yes. Okay. So I do. I don't have anything flagged for this, but I did want to mention the fact that I I adored. Between Lenny and Margot, so Lenny had a mom that she didn't have and had essentially told her father to stop coming around. Yes. And Margot had lost a son and had this relationship with Johnny and then this life relationship with Mina and then a relationship with Humphrey and didn't have... Uh, essentially a family with her and the the relationship between Lenny and Margot and that they both fulfilled what the other one didn't have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. I love that too. But that's one of the things like this book was about um I think find like finding relationships that had been lost previously and uh that you can basically create a new life i guess or a life that you could still love and appreciate with 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 what you have what, you what have your situation you. yes, is yes exactly um so one of the last things i want to write I, i'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a lot and i would cry the entire time but it's margo's good night and very briefly, this is right as Lenny had died. Um, in the beginning of the chapter, it says, It's so unfair, Lenny, that I got to get old and you didn't. That I continue to be old and getting older when you aren't even here at all. If I could take my years and give them to you, I would. Um, that's that. <laughs> but then later on in the chapter, you know, we learn more about 
we've learned more about Margot's situation and how, again, she, it's a heart condition and they are going to operate. They were just waiting for her to be able to be operated on first. And that's getting ready. And it says, um, if the surgery goes well, I'll be catching a plane to see Mina once more, to see if the ring she made me fits and to finally say yes. If I don't wake up, I'll be boarding a plane to find you. Either would be the greatest adventure. I see that you've written something on the very last page of this book. And so since you've left your last words, I don't want to leave any. I will simply bid you good night. Lenny, wherever you are, whatever wonderful world you find yourself in now, wherever that fiery heart is, that quick wit, that disabling charm, know that I love you. For the brief lifetime that we knew each other, I loved you like you were my very own daughter. You found an old woman worthy of your immense friendship. And for that, I'm forever in your debt. So I have to say thank you. Thank you, sweet Lenny. You made dying much more fun than it should be. Um, okay, so that's one of the hardest things for me to ever book. And lastly, let me just see if I can catch my breath here and read the last thing that I kind of... This is honestly like the whole theme of the book, which is what I, why I wanted to end on it myself. Um, oh, I think that was the last thing, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is when Margot had taken Lenny outside of the hospital to see the stars for a once-in-a-lifetime astral event. <laughs> that, that she then painted as her yes. last year. So Margot says, Do you know, she said slowly, that the stars that we see the clearest are already dead? Well, that's depressing. I took my hand from hers. No, she said gently, linking her arm through mine. It's not depressing. It's beautiful. They've been gone for who knows how long, but we can still see them. They live on. They live on. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that encompasses the whole story for me basically because i know that this story is gonna live on forever for me like yes. i am probably gonna be not be able to sleep tonight because i'm thinking about how all of this conversation <laughs> um and how awful i feel for producer chris to have to deal with this <laughs> later um i'm really sorry we apologize i hope you understand that we're two um emotional women <laughs> and, we love a good book with sex but a good book with a lot of tears yeah um this is has now definitely moved to become one of my favorite books of all time without there question. was um a lot of people that commented when we posted this on Instagram that it's one of their favorite books. I love this book. And mm -hmm. I couldn't, throughout probably like the first half, I, knowing what the end was going to bring, I couldn't right. understand how people could love a book where there's so much. Where the main characters are going to die. Sadness. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that, did you read The Fault in Our Stars? I did. Yeah. Was it like this? Because I never read that one. So, um,. I mean, I cried a lot in that book as well. Because um, they're two terminal two kids terminally, too, right? terminally ill kids. Yes, um, it was it was hard to read because again, you know, you know what's going to happen, and it's another emotion emotional gut punch. Like basically, um, I think I think I, I enjoyed that one a lot because it was a love story. You know, like this this girl Hazel Grace. I think that was her name. She gets to, like, fall in love. She's 16 years before old. She gets she to dies. fall in love before she dies. And, um, you know, they get to travel together and, you know, see things, whatever. Um, and it is a really beautiful story. At some point, you should you should read it. The interweaving of a story between two terminal patients where 
well, I mean, Margot's, you don't know that she's definitely terminal, but yeah. she's 83, so yeah. it's not like she's going to live for another right, exactly, years, yeah. even though Lenny wants her to. But the, the interweaving of the two stories of one that is a short life and one that's a long life that has all this history and all this backstory was so well done. It was. It was. Um, this is a big pile of crap right here. <laughs> just, just so we're clear. A lot of tissues. Uh, I only used toilet one. Toilet paper. A lot of toilet paper. Toilet yeah. paper. I only Listen, used one. I fully accept the fact that I have zero control over my oh, crying. Oh, no, no. I tried, to, like, I tried to hold it in a little bit only because I'm wearing mascara and I'm afraid it was going to be all <laughs> over my face. Did any get on my face? No. All right. So I had to, I kind of no. like, if I can keep it like to a certain point and like kind of like dab yeah. at it. Whew. But anyway. Um, How about me? Do I look like I no? Wait, you look, do I look like I was crying? You definitely look like you're crying. Without <laughs> question. Um, I don't have anything more to say on this book, Katie. Everybody, think. if you made it to this point and you haven't read this book, you absolutely should. Uh, and also, I don't even think we touched on all of it. And also, if you made it to the, the end of this and didn't get really annoyed with me and Katie, like congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> that would be you, Tony. <laughs> um. So I guess with that, we'll just move to our epilogue. Yes. The epilogue. Katie. <laughs> do you even know what we're reading next? I'm going to look it up as I always have to do. Uh, so this was a my book. So we're on one of your books. I don't know if we are. Are we? Um, let me just take I think a so. peek. I think we made it. So it was back and forth. Possibly. Also, What's let me next? put some more wine in my glass. Oh, Hello Beautiful. So yes, it is. It is me. Um, this is Hello Beautiful by Anna Napolitano. And, um, is this I, a, a it's not book list book. It, it's not, it wasn't. I actually was randomly just sitting in my office one day and, um, one of my coworkers came up to me and asked me if I had heard about this book and read it. And she said, she thought that I would, I would really like it. So I was just like, all right, why not? So it's a new book. So I'm just going to put it through. Do you on remember what it is? Like what kind of book? Um, I want to say that it is kind of in a way, a, a, a book modern... that I'm not going to cry at. I okay. Don't know, keep going. It's a modern like retelling of little women, I want to say. Okay. So it has kind of like themes of okay. that or whatever. Um, so I'm excited to read it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I see, I believe it was like one of Reese's book club picks and I always, I always seem to enjoy yeah. hers. Um, so I'm looking forward to reading that next time on Survivor. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am not current, so don't say anything I else will, about it. I will. We just watched We watched last night. So. Yeah, we're going to probably watch it tonight. Um, so I guess I don't really have anything else to no, say. So I please join us next time. When we make your to be red pile one book shorter. Bye, everybody. Less Thanks tissues for next time, hopefully. <laughs> Bye. Bye. To be red is hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willey. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turo. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Moffat. <laughs>